Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Let us be attentive. Brethren, glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. All who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. When Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that what the law requires is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or perhaps excuse them on that day when according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of man by Christ Jesus. Wisdom arise, let us listen to the Holy Gospel. Peace be unto all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. At that time, as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen, and he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And he went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom in healing every disease and every infirmity among the people. Peace be unto you who proclaims the gospel.
Good morning. Happy Independence Day to all of you. Today, and hopefully throughout the year, we thank God for the country in which we live. Here in the United States, we live in a wonderful country with many, many things to be thankful for. One foundation of the United States one foundational principle is that it is a pluralistic society with tolerance to many ethnicities, faiths, ideas, languages, etc. So it's no surprise that when at our summer camp, which many of our children are enjoying right now, or at a Goya meeting, when we have a questions and answers session with a priest, Inevitably, and I can always predict it, that one will be on there, some children will ask about other religious faiths and what that means for those people. In other words, can those who do not know Christ be saved? A good question, a relevant question, a question worth considering. Of course, the question about the salvation of non-Christians has been raised before. Living in a pluralistic society such as ours, that is a pretty natural question for us to ask. Well, there, was, there, there is someone. There is someone who lived in a society that was much, much less Christian than ours who asked the same question. He lived in a society where probably less than one-tenth of one percent of the population was Christian. At best, maybe ten percent was Jewish, and the rest were pagans or polytheists. This man asked the same question that many of our Goyans ask today. This person who asked the question is a person who, quite frankly, was a lot closer to God than any of us are today, here today. This person was St. Paul. In St. Paul's letter to the Romans, St. Paul raises and answers the question, what about non-believers? This question is explored in today's epistle lesson where St. Paul asks, how are Gentiles, those who do not have the law or the first five books of the Old Testament, how are those non-Jews and non-Christians judged by God? St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 2. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. When Gentiles who have not the law do by nature what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that what the law requires is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or perhaps excuse them on the day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. In other words, St. Paul is writing 
that those non-believers who acted righteously may be saved in the day of judgment. Although not enlightened with God's law, that is, the first five books of the Old Testament, as Jews and Christians are, their conscience may, as St. Paul writes, excuse them on the day when God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. St. Paul opens up the possibility that some non-Jews and non-Christians would be saved if they followed their God-given conscience. Our problem today is that we think about others and specific individuals, okay, and wonder if they will be saved. Not just wondering about general possibilities as St. Paul was writing about in today's epistle lesson, but rather focusing on individuals and their sins. That's God's business, not ours. It is God's business which individuals will be saved or not. It is our business to pray for their salvation and to work with God to bring his saving truth to others. St. Paul leaves some room for those in ignorance. Although it is no sure thing that a non-believer or any of us will follow his or her God-given conscience. But if that non-believer lives righteously, he or she can be saved. It is possible, as St. Paul asserts in today's epistle lesson. St. John Chrysostom also remarked on this way back, on, way back in the 5th century in one of his sermons. St. John Chrysostom preached, quote, I will give the very words of the apostle. For after saying that it is not the hearers of the law, but the doers of the law that shall be justified, it followed to say, and he's quoting again, when Gentiles who have not the law do by nature what the law requires. They are much better than those who are instructed by the law. In other words, Chrysostom asserts that pagans who live righteously yet never had the privilege of having the faith to guide them can be much better than Christians. God gives them the possibility of salvation. But back to us here in our congregation, what does this mean for us? I submit to you three things. First, always, always remember, it is God who judges. He is the one who will decide who will be saved or not. He is the one who knows who will be saved or not. That's God's business, not ours. <clears throat> Second, Acknowledge the mercy of God and the possibility by God's grace some non-believers could be saved. However, this does not take us off the hook when it comes to mission work. St. Paul knew that very, very, very well. Just because God can show mercy on someone who lives in ignorance of God's truth doesn't mean we don't share God's truth, love, love, 
and guidance with others. Third, we must both fear and take courage in the fact that God has called us to a higher calling, a calling that is enlightened and guided by his truth. As Christ said, to whom much is given, much is expected. We are given everything. We are given his love. We are given his truth. Thank God. And let us live this higher calling. Amen. Amen.